Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Welcome to Hillside Assembly, and happy Easter to you. I'm excited for this morning because we're going to have a great worship experience. Uh, My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're so excited that you've joined us today uh, for our service. We do things a little bit differently uh, at our church when it comes to worship experiences, and so Uh, We will do our offering at the end of service. You can give in our giving box in the foyer at the end of service, or you can always give online at uh, hillsideassembly.org. We're going to have a great time today, but if you were here on Friday uh, for our Friday night service, it was unique, uh, and it was very special. We had a great time in God's presence, and God's presence is here today, but I do want to set some expectations. Today is going to be different than Friday. Uh, It's just not a continuation. God's going to move in a very different way today. Uh, And he wants to speak and encourage your life. And I'm so excited for what we're about to get into today. But to hear a little bit more about our church before we start our worship experience, uh, there's a little guy made of felt who's got a message for us today. It's Jive Time with Well, good morning and welcome to Hillside Assembly. I'm excited that you're here for Easter Sunday. Who's excited to be in church today? Let me hear ya. Ooh, you guys are sounding like you're excited to be here. I know that I am. Well, hey, if you're a guest here at Hillside, we want you to stop by our guest table in our foyer. We've got two free gifts we'd love to give you. A purple book, that's a devotional to help you in your walk with Jesus, and a free account to Right Now Media. One of our leaders will be at that table, and they'd love to give you those free gifts and answer any questions you might have about our church today. Now, you'll also notice in your bulletin, there's a list of all the great ways you can connect with other people here at Hillside. We do something called grow groups. 
These are groups where we learn about Jesus, but we also get to connect with each other. And we've got them on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. We've got them on Wednesday nights at 6.30. And we've even got a ladies grow group that meets on Saturday at 9 a.m. So lots of great ways for you to connect with other believers. Well, it is Easter Sunday, and you know what? I've been thinking a lot about all the people that got to witness Jesus' resurrection. Boy, there sure is a lot of them. We had Mary, and, and we got the disciples. We got the two guys that are on the road seven miles away. I mean, there was a lot of people that had encounters with Jesus' resurrection, too, when Jesus got back. I've said it. I'll say it again. His disciples stole his body. It's that simple. You don't have to believe it. They just did what they had to do to support their myth. Except the idea of them taking the body is almost as ludicrous as what actually happened. Okay, you see this? This is a Roman seal. Now, it may not mean much to you, but when I use this to seal anything, whether it is a letter, a deed of property, or a, or a tomb, it means everything. Whatever has this seal on it is under the supreme authority of the entire Roman government. So, these religious leaders who had this guy, who had Jesus executed, they were just convinced that his followers were going to steal his body and try to convince people that he resurrected from the dead. So they demanded that Pilate seal the tomb. That's where I come in. So I sealed it with the full weight of Caesar himself. Then there's 16 of us standing arms length apart surrounding the tomb, right? And so this idea that we dozed off and they stole the body. <laughs> Do you know what happens to a soldier who falls asleep at his post? Best case scenario, he is beaten, burned. In all actuality, what would have happened is all 16 of us would have been executed. So no, as the story goes, we did not fall asleep and they did not steal the body. But I was paid good money to tell that story. How am I doing so far? You want to know something that is crazier than that story? That morning, the earth began to shake under our feet. And then, this enormous being appeared. It doesn't matter how hard I try, I can't, I can't do it justice. All you need to know is this. When I looked inside that tomb, that man who I'd seen executed in the most brutal crucifixion I'd ever witnessed 
So why are the 16 of us still alive? I'm telling you the real story. The truth is, he wasn't just gone. He was alive. He is alive. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. If you want to stand up with us. We're going to get right into singing some worship songs. Go ahead, Kathy. God was great when he rose out of that grave on Easter Sunday.
13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that rose and is alive back then, he is alive this morning, and he is alive forever. Let's continue worship by singing that song, Forever. Power of man forever. 
the ground began to shake, the stone was rolled away, his perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected name has rendered you to be. Sing that chorus one last time for 
He's our King this morning. God, we worship you. I make no apologies in saying that I love Jesus. When we talk about Easter season, and, and I realize some of you are guests here today, and maybe the only service you've ever been to is a very traditional church service, traditional denomination, and we do things probably a little different that might seem really odd. Uh, we get excited about Jesus, not just on Easter, but all the time. And that's because it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus that followed. First is sin, plan to dismantle, destroy, and that took place through the work on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. But there was another thing being dismantled as well that we don't really think about too much, and that was the religion that was actually pushing people further away from God instead of drawing them to himself. And the work that Jesus did through his death and resurrection was to say it's not about religion. You cannot earn your way into the kingdom. It is a gift freely given. It is about accepting a relationship with Christ and then the transformation that begins to happen. That's why we're excited this morning. Because for those in this place who have a relationship with Jesus, we have experienced the freedom of Jesus breaking the sin in our life, the transformation he brings, and we are not held captive to a religion this morning. We are embraced in the relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? Jesus wants to speak to your heart today. Are you ready to hear the Word of God? You can be seated this morning. Our theme for the Easter season has been witness His resurrection. And once again, we're going to step into that theme today. I'm probably going to preach a little differently than I normally do. Uh, I'm going to do a lot more reading today, and that's just because as I began to write the notes for today's message, there was so much uh, to experience, and I don't want to leave any of it out. Um, so a little different style for me today, but I still believe it's going to be very impactful and powerful in your life. If you have your Bible with you, we'll also have these scriptures on the screen. We're going to turn to Mark 15 starting with verse 47, and then we're going to transition to Mark 16. It begins like this. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Talking about Jesus' tomb. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Solom brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise. 
They were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? You ever get, gotten so excited about doing something that you're on your way to do it and realize, we don't have all the tools we need to get the job done? That's kind of where they were. But you know what? They didn't have to worry about rolling away the stone because Jesus had already taken care of it. Verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping when they heard that Jesus was alive and that he had and that she had seen him they did not believe it something abakan about Mary the mother of Jesus to the resurrection let's the, the one of the things that i want to try to do today is to put you in the mindset of this woman where she had come from what she was experiencing the power of the resurrection in her own life and the calling that she fulfilled afterwards. So let's hear from Mary's own words this morning. I have been the object of disbelief my whole life. It greeted me as a child, this disbelief. And it helped itself to me, to my heart, marking me so deeply that, well, you don't know the level of repulsion people feel for you until you spend a good portion of your life not being looked in the eye. That was my life up until the moment Jesus found me. And what an unbelievable state he found me in. So we packed, we cleaned, and we gathered for three years, though it felt like only days. And then the time came. Well, until his days were accomplished and he did what he came to do. If you've walked a life anything like me, you know what I mean when I say that sometimes people try to put onto you what Jesus removed. He was only gone from us but a couple of days the first time it happened. That mighty, miraculous morning, I went to the tomb, and he was very not dead. He called me by my name, and he gave me very specific instructions. So I ran to tell the disciples what I had seen, that he was alive. And 
they didn't believe me. I mean, had they forgotten that we stood shoulder to shoulder all this time? I may not be one of the 12 or 11 now, but I followed him just the same. But you know what? Their perception of me is not the image Jesus saw. I was no longer the cracked and crooked house that demons dwelt in. Because the moment I realized Jesus believed in me, I believed in him. And eventually the disciples, they'd come around. Jesus kept appearing to a few, then to hundreds. Even after all that, there would still be some who didn't believe. He warned us about that. But more importantly, there would be other people, many other people who would never see it for themselves, but still believe. So that's why I, why we keep going until we reach every person who once and for all is done with disbelief. Mary Magdalene had her whole life rescued, restored, put back together and turned right side up by Jesus life was being held Mary Magdalene in his gods. As a result, Mary Magdalene did everything within her power to further Jesus's ministry, message, and mission. As early as found in Luke chapter 8, the Lord Jesus had an incredible plan in store for her life. Mary Magdalene had the distinct honor of being identified as the first person to witness the resurrected Jesus on the original Easter Sunday morning, found in John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, and we'll get there in a moment. While being such an important person in the biblical account of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, little is known about this woman, whose name is associated with a fishing village on the Sea of Galilee, called Magdala. She is mentioned in all four gospel writings, primarily in conjunction with what happens with Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Let me try to set the emotional and mental state of Mary as she went through the first Easter season. Jesus was there for her when she was overwhelmed by demonic oppression the least Mary could do was to be there for Jesus when he was drowning in sin's poisonous waves at Calvary while selflessly sacrificing his life for ours. In Mary's mind, if her presence at the cross meant Jesus would not have to suffer and die alone, then there was no other place she would rather be, as difficult as it was. Mary stood her ground in faithful devotion and appreciation to the one who had claimed her amid her own hell on earth before Jesus exercised these demons from her life. 
Before Jesus' miracle in Mary's life, she had suffered alone in her depression, her demonic oppression. Thus, she was not about to allow Jesus to experience any such solo suffering in his final hours while on the cross. There is something powerful about choosing to be present in someone's life in the moment of suffering and pain. Mary knew this firsthand. Today, we all go through seasons in life. And some here this morning, sitting in the sanctuary or online, this morning you find yourself in a season of suffering. You can relate to how Mary must have felt. Maybe this morning you feel alone. Well, I want to tell you that you don't have to be alone anymore. Because there is someone named Jesus who was there for Mary, and this morning he is here for you. There are people here in this place who have experienced the touch of Jesus in their own life and who will sit with you through your season of suffering. It is difficult, it is challenging, and we understand that. And like you, we endure those seasons as well. Just because we know Jesus does not make us immune to suffering. In fact, in some cases, it's exactly the opposite. We've all walked through seasons of suffering, and we will again. But we do not do it alone, for Jesus is with us. Mary understood the power of the scripture found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mary not only understood it, she had experienced that power in her own life. When so many would look and say, that is a crazy lady and not in a good way. Could you imagine seven different voices in your head all the time? The loneliness. Continually hearing voices but having crazy experienced what it's like together. While emotionally gutted as she experienced the horrors with Jesus on the cross for six hours, she remained steadfast and near as he breathed his final breath. She was close to him as they removed Jesus' body from the cross. She was nearby when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus quickly prepared Jesus' dead body and placed it in an unused tomb. Mary Magdalene was present for it all before retreating to, show, to where she would be staying to observe the quickly approaching Sabbath as Good Friday's sun set. She likely sat in silent grief over the next several hours, only interrupting the heavy quiet with spontaneous sobs and sniffs accompanied by the tears that would fall to the ground all around her. How long must that Sabbath day have felt without ever feeling the refreshment or relaxation for which the Sabbath day was intended? The weight, the emotional, the physical, the mental, and even the spiritual weight that must have been upon her. She now was ready to return to the tomb on Sunday morning to give proper attention to Jesus' body by anointing and preparing it. Little did she know that once the Sabbath day had come and gone, she soon would hear her name called from the lips of the resurrected Savior, 
outside the empty tomb. When death conquering Jesus said her name, Mary, his voice brought her to her knees. It was her natural response to this one who had spoken words of rescue and redemption over her life in prior days. So let's pick up with that scene and witness Jesus' resurrection together. John chapter 20, verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and took, looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. And when you think about this, here she is, and she, she perceives Jesus standing before her as he had to be the gardener. She thought, maybe this guy took Jesus' body. Tell me where it is, and I'll go get him. I can't imagine that Mary Magdalene was a weightlifter, a bodybuilder. You know, her frame was probably small. And in my mind, I'm trying to see this. If it had played out that way, here she would be with this body trying to carry it back to the tomb. She was so determined to try to make this right. It didn't matter. Whatever, whatever she could do to try to make this horrible offense correct. Under the impression that someone had stolen the body of Christ, she had a meltdown. And you can probably relate because we've all had those moments. How much more can one person take she endured this entire emotional weekend, and then the person she was there for the body gets stolen. At least that's what she thought. Disappointment. And that's not even close to a strong enough word. Make it through a difficult thing that happens to push you. Well, I sure have. The overwhelming, the meltdown. Sometimes life is disappointing. And again, that word is not strong enough. When the unforeseen events happen, the unforeseen failures, the unforeseen arguments, and maybe you're there today, and maybe you ask the question, how in the world did we get here? Maybe in your marriage you're struggling right now, and you're just like, how in the world did we get here when things were so good? Maybe it's at your job, your workplace. Maybe it's something that you're just dealing with internally. Maybe it's a, a medical issue. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety or worry or something else this morning, and you think, how in the world did I ever get here? Followed by the question, what in the world do I do now? And this morning, I want to give you the answer to that question by posing another question. What did Mary do? What did Mary do? In the midst of her disappointment, her sorrow, her heartbreak, there's a voice calling her name, Mary. 
a voice that cut through the noise of the moment, through the emotion, through the disappointment. And it was the voice of Jesus calling her name. With all the things that we've already discussed this morning, put that into context. And let's just watch a video reenactment of what it may have looked like. of Jesus. He just said her name. And this morning I want you to know there is another name being spoken by the Savior and it is yours. Whatever you are dealing with this morning, he calls your name. When she heard the voice of Jesus Everything changed. Mary went from disappointment to expectation, from anxiety to relief, from defeat to victory, from faithlessness to faithful. Jesus is speaking your name this morning, but you have to choose to listen. Because there are a lot of distractions. But if you listen for his voice, it will cut through them all in the midst of trouble. It didn't change the events that had taken place. Jesus needed to go through these events. He needed to die because he needed to experience resurrection. The events that Mary and the disciples had endured in the weeks leading up to this moment, those things had to be walked through because they then had to experience his resurrection power in their life. There are things in our life that we must go through so that the resurrection power of Jesus may show up in our life in a deeper way. You say that's unfair. I will say this. Once you experience resurrection power, the road that got you to that, mat, that point, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter how broken the road was. 
It doesn't matter once you're in the presence of Jesus. Once you experience resurrection power, all those things that were so brutal, so horrific, so horrible in your life, fade away in comparison to the resurrected Savior in your life. Because Jesus is amazing. And again, that word is not powerful enough. We don't have words in our English language to be able to communicate how absolutely awesome Jesus is. If you're here today and you're broken, there is an invitation to experience his resurrection in your life. Before we close, one last thing. Let's go back to Mark 16, verses 10 and 11. It says that Mary did something here. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Yet. The last thing I want to speak to you today is be a witness of his resurrection. Once you've experienced Jesus' resurrection for yourself, be a witness to it. It's what Mary did. Mary went to those who were broken, weary, and weeping because they were in the same predicament that just moments before she found herself in. But once she had experienced the resurrection power of Jesus, her first reaction is, is I must share it. I've got to give away what I have found. You know, it's amazing. We, 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 we watched this show on TV. It's called The Curse of Oak Island, which is about these guys looking for a treasure on Oak Island that actually existed at some point in time. Whether it's there now or not, I don't know. We're like nine seasons in. We're on episode 23. They never find anything, but I, somehow we keep watching it. And you know what the interesting thing is, is when treasure hunters go looking for treasure, they go not to share it, they go to hoard it, to keep it. They want the valuable thing. The interesting thing about Jesus is when you get the most valuable thing, the most precious thing in existence, your desire is to give it away. Because you want somebody else to experience what you are experiencing in Jesus. How the resurrection changed her life. It changed her perspective. Again, it never changed, it doesn't change the things that happened. It doesn't change the, the horrible things that may have happened in your life and the thing that might be. It demore that he pours into your life. It changes your perspective. It, and it changed her demeanor. What once was a woman crying and broken and just weeping and snot and all that stuff now is tears of joy and life changed in an instant by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So she goes and she shared, but they did not believe yet. There will be people in your life that will not believe the experience you have with Christ. That is true. 
and some must experience it for themselves. They've got to see it for themselves. Thomas said, I'll only believe if Jesus lets me put my fingers in the holes in his body, in his wrists, and in his side. Jesus shows up and goes, hey, okay, here we go. Come on, buddy. If you need to experience it, then let's do it. Because that's how good our God is. And can I tell you something? You can't experience the resurrection of Jesus through someone else. You've got to experience it for yourself. Church, when we tell people about what Jesus is doing in your life, and they, you know, you know the look. Well, that's good. That's great. You know, and then they're on to the next thing. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. We plant the seeds for what Jesus alone can do. We don't save people. We don't save people. Jesus does. All we do is try to bridge a gap to go, I want to introduce you to my best friend, Jesus. All we're trying to do is make an introduction so that others can experience his resurrection for themselves. So even if there are people who do not believe what you are saying, who cast you off, you must still be a witness to his resurrection. Because how can anyone experience Jesus unless someone tells them about Jesus? One more view from the perspective of Mary and what that looked like. team if you come back to the platform we'll close in worship today but I want to pray for you first 
Three things to take away this Easter season. Hear the voice of Jesus above the noise because it changes everything. Experience his resurrection firsthand in your life. And it's continual. It's just not once. It's every day. But once we experience his resurrection, be a witness to it. And connect others to the king. Bring people to Jesus. Invite them to come and see for themselves. Jesus does not disappoint. As I was praying this week for Friday night service, I felt very clearly that we were to do an altar call the way that we did. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you, but there's this, there's this catch. I feel like you want to do something in some people's lives and you want them to experience your presence. But if I give that altar call and you don't show up, I'm going to look like a fool. <laughs> but I believe you're going to be there. We had a guest that was with us here on Friday night. His only second time being in our church. He came once for Christmas a few years ago. And he shared after the service, I had never experienced the presence of God like that in my life. And he said, I think I might just fly home instead of driving home tonight. It's real. It's real. He is real, and he has risen. This morning, if you are here and you're broken, the Savior is ready to move in your life. If you would, would you all stand to your feet this morning? If we can just close our eyes for a moment, let the distractions of whoever's sitting next to you, behind you, the things that you have planned later today, just let those go for just a moment. Lord, I pray this morning for the people here who are broken, for the people watching online that are lost, confused. They can relate to Mary, the loneliness, the heartache. Lord, I pray they would hear your voice calling their name in this moment. I thank you that you call our names to have a relationship with you, to glue our broken lives back together. But Lord, you don't put us back together like we were. You make a beautiful mosaic out of the broken pieces of our life. Mary experienced it. And Lord, we pray that we might experience it in our life today. Begin to put the pieces together to create something new you're here today and you need Jesus as your Savior, would you pray with me? Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. My life is a mess. And I need you to save me. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. And I believe you were called. I want And Lord, once I have experienced on a daily basis 
the things that you want to do and speak and show me in my life. Lord, I want to be a witness to your resurrection and what I do and how I live and what I say. I want to be a witness for you, Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, you are loved. There is no condemnation in Jesus. He loves you so much. And if you don't have a church home, I hope that you would consider coming and connecting your life with us we would love to help you grow in your journey with Jesus because just like there is no condemnation from Christ I want to tell you there is no condemnation from us whatever you've been through whatever you're going through the king will help us to walk together and we would love to come alongside of you and just help you grow in Jesus and to have some really great relationships with other people if you believe that this morning, church, would you just say amen? amen. And if you don't know what amen means, it just means so be it. So be it. I think the best way we could possibly end today is to praise and worship our King. Let's, he's spoken to us. Let's respond by reflecting on Him before we leave. And then Robin's going to come and close our service uh, with one final prayer. But I want to tell you one last time, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. So let's choose to love on the King. Worship team, would you lead us one last time? I believe it's in the book of Romans. It says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. This song is called Resurrecting. It's about the power of the resurrection in your life and in my life. Oh, my.
Your name is 
to close out today's service with a song called My Savior Lives. And Aaron and Tyler are going to help us kick it off. Oh, that my 
now I stand on what he did. My Savior, my Savior lives. Does your Savior live today? Amen. Hasn't it been a great Easter service today? So awesome. Pastor, thank you for sharing that word this morning from Mary's perspective. We're going to conclude our service in prayer, but before we do that, I want to invite you to come back next week. We are a church family, and we would love for you to connect with us um, in ways maybe you haven't connected before. And one way we do that is our grow groups on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Um, we have two gr grow groups for the adults. I teach one of them. It's a new believers grow group, but you don't have to be a new believer to come. You can just come if you want to draw closer to God. And then Don Fader teaches the other grow group. We would love to have you come back. There's nothing like being in fellowship with one another and encouraging each other in our walk with God. I love coming to this church because I grow just because being with all of you. So please come back next week. All right? We'd love to see you. Then we're going to pray for our offering as well. Um, before we go, I hope you have a great Easter. Bow your heads as we pray. Lord, thank you that Jesus is risen from the dead. You are alive and in this place. God, you have given us life, hope, and joy. God, you take our situations that we don't want to talk about and you change them and you give us a testimony and a witness just like you changed Mary's life. God, you have changed each one of our lives. Lord, I pray that as we go our separate ways today that you would remind us that you are alive and that you are with us wherever we go. Lord, thank you now for the opportunity we have to give of our tithes and our offerings. God, you are doing amazing things through this church, and God, we believe that you are going to do even more things as we are faithful to give of our tithes and offerings to you. God, thank you for this day. We celebrate your goodness in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. I hope to see you next week. Have a great Easter Sunday. Thank you.